Hey now, this is Aaron from No Simple Road. No Simple Road is part of the Osiris podcast family. We're a weekly podcast that brings you in-depth and open, honest conversations with the musicians, artists, authors, and luminaries of the psychedelic jam band, improvisational music, and festival communities. We bring you inside the lives of the four of us that do this show, myself, Melanie, Apple, and Ryder. We bring you onto the porch and what it's like to live inside the long, strange trip. So if you like to laugh, if you like to have fun, if you like to learn stuff, come hang out with the No Simple Road crew on the porch and listen to No Simple Road on the Osiris Podcast Network. Hello, everybody. This is Donnie B coming at you from Female Centrics Podcast, the first and only fish uh female hosted fish community podcast and actually we have hit our two-year anniversary which was just on the 26th there i know so exciting and coincidentally has matched up also with our 50th episode so um unfortunately we are coming at you in the middle of a true real COVID-19 pandemic. I know, I know. (laughs) And so, so Lauren is here with us, a co-host Lauren. Hello, Lauren. Hello. Hi. How you doing? How you hanging in there? Social distancing miles away from you. I know. I'm social technology. Yeah. I'm like social distancing (laughs) way in the corner of the studio, far away from mine. (laughs) Yep. <laughs> Entered through the back door. Hippies through the back door. That was the only way I was able to come in. Hippies through the back door. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, over the past couple of years, we've had some amazing interviews and I have my my ladies that are my co-hosts and, uh, you know, I feel like uh, we have different matches with different um, episodes that we do and uh, Lauren, I have already... Uh, um, I guess that titled you at the or gave you the the title of the person who I know who knows the most about politics <laughs> and then some. Oh, so oh, wow! I know. I, I don't know if it's if, I don't know if that's a compliment or I just watch way too much news. No, well, this is the thing though. I mean, intaking, intaking it all. <laughs> I just I am a sponge for current events and uh, keeping up with what's happening and this has been something you've been into since you're like a kid you're saying right or something like that like or, yeah, yeah long time yeah I have I have loved politics long 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 time um I mean I first heard about Bernie Sanders um I think it was like 2007 um he would be on a morning show brunch with Bernie and mm-hmm. it was America's senator and that's when I first heard of him so almost 13 years ago and my feelings for him have only grown and honestly like I will plug him all day that I I hope he is president but it's 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 a tough it's a tough uphill battle for him right now I'm not gonna lie yeah it's it's, it's, it's kind of a, a tough hill battle but you know what Bernie one of the things that he has going for him is now if if we if this doesn't show everybody that we need Medicare for all and if this doesn't open people's eyes to I mean, last week we had 3.2 million people file for unemployment. This week, that's probably going to be maybe 10 million people filing for unemployment. It's going to be one. What happens? What happens when all those people who had insurance through their employer, as of April 1st, that insurance is gone. They're not going to have Cobra cover. They're not going to be able to afford Cobra. I mean, this is just really. Yeah, so I mean, people, this is oh, really, Jesus. I don't think yeah. really people understand is that the, this employer base that they talk about all the time, you know, like, we love our insurance. It's it's not great. It's not going to be good when people lose their jobs. And how are they going to pay for, I, I saw uh, COVID testing, all of it's going to be like $34,000 if you have to go into the hospital. What? Mm-hmm. Jesus. Well, you know, it's, it's, yeah. So that's, I mean, that's, and that's why I think Bernie, I'm so happy that he's still in it. I mean, yes, he's down in the delegate number, um, but he's fighting for Medicare for all. And I think at a time like this, we, have never needed it more. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I saw something the other day. I wish I, I was trying to find it, but I couldn't find it. Um, but, and it was, it was somebody talking about 
all these sort of, you know, uh, the quote unquote sort of socialist um, concepts that Bernie has been bringing to the table that everybody's been freaking out about uh, socialism, socialism, when that's literally what every person is wanting now, you know, like a democratic, mm -hmm. you know, socialism has such a yucky name like or a yucky like just everybody's like socialist and the republicans love to jump on it and demonize that name Mm -hmm. but really democratic socialism is having your taxes that you pay for go to things that benefit everybody the fire department socialism libraries is socialism snowplow is socialism though that's all socialistic like services that you pay for it's basically having your taxes go Instead of to corporate, you know, I feel like right now my taxes are going to corporate welfare. It's going to bail out these large corporations that don't need bailing out. Yeah. And right so now, let's, we let's need talk the about, bailout. Let's talk we about that We need the bailout. Yes. We need it. Yes, exactly. So let's talk about that. The the um, the the stimulus package. $2 trillion stimulus package mm-hmm. that, you know, this is the last time I want to hear we can't afford things. Like, I don't want to hear that ever again Mm -hmm. when they say we can't afford this stuff. Bullshit. Mm -hmm. Sorry, but baloney. Baloney. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Bullshit. Go ahead. Swear. (laughs) The the chunk of that money is really going towards corporations. They are getting the chunk of that $2 trillion. Which you were saying is going to be not supervised correctly but how how did you again so so i will give so, a little background just real quick because lauren as i mentioned is my superstar smart <laughs> political person and so i like text her and i'm like uh can you dumb this down what does this mean and and you do it so well you, you're great with it so. thank you well thank you yeah so you were um, talking, so our, talking our, about our congress who i think has maybe approval an approval rating of maybe eight percent maybe i want to say that eight to ten percent if that wow um they just passed a two trillion stimulus package. Um, a few key provisions, I think, you know, if if they didn't have the Democrat support, it would have been only going to corporations and, and the, the wealthiest people. Sure. Um, but at least the Democrats were able to put in some provisions for um, unemployment insurance. Um, so it's really benefiting waitresses and gig workers who would, you know, who are sometimes making less than minimum wage. Mm-hmm. This is going to give them an extra $600 a week. So that's huge for people. Huge. Um, I did research it today, and we are going to get checks done. We oh, are going to get okay. the $1,200 You made me freaking checks. nervous today. I'm like, Yeah, <laughs> I know. I didn't, I was nervous. So it will be in the form of a tax. It will. Be, it is basically a tax credit, but they're going to be fronting us that tax credit. Um, so if you have direct deposit set up with the IRS, I don't. <laughs> I don't know why you would, but uh, if you do, yeah. I that's do, how actually. you got your last. Mm-hmm. then you know what? That's how they're going to send you this check is through direct deposit. So that's great. Yeah. yeah. And co- I mean, like, uh, there's a lot of people that it, this is not going to help, unfortunately. So we're hoping um, Congress is out until um, April 20th. So maybe if they get back, we'll do some more stimulus. But if you ask me, we need to get more. I mean, $1,200. I don't know about you, but that's not going to pay my rent, my phone bill, my utilities, my food. Mm. All of that stuff. And if people are out of work, how are they going to pay for their health insurance? How are they going to pay for these tests? How are they going to pay for all of this up and coming? Lots of um, just expenses. That yeah. Be upcoming. Well, and, and you know, I, like I've been kind of like, it's been an interesting you know, year and a half for me in my own life, just because, you know, with me leaving my school last year, you know, for the past, I feel like I've almost been like, training for this because I've been home homeschooling Cassidy uh living pretty close to poverty poverty level with things and like my business was just up and going I had three after school programs going on uh about to which I think that my proposal and my con- and my school consulting um piece looks like it's going to be going through with the Montessori school where I'll be going and building their outdoor classrooms and doing teacher trainings and stuff because I can go there and do the work I need to do and then go home and, and really work on it. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty happy about that being uh, sent forward. But, you know, for the most part, we've just been home and financially things have been pretty tough anyway. So yeah, this for me, the stimulus package 
is going to be huge because, you know, Jason started a new job and blah, blah, blah. Like, we'll be able to, like, figure it out from here. Um, So, yeah, I'm – it's definitely – Stuff. I mean, and are they talking about giving more? Because I know we were talking about in Canada, it's like two thousand dollars a month. <sighs> yeah, yeah, two thousand a month for for at least for the next four months. They also have socialized medicine, so none of their people are going to get bills after this. Um, none of them are going to, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's. I I think, and and this is what you know. I I told you earlier how they got to twelve hundred dollar check. The minimum wage is seven twenty five times forty hours a week is like I don't know what four hundred something. Mm-hmm. That's like a times four weeks. It's eleven sixty. They rounded it up to twelve hundred. That's how they came up with that check. They're just That's so awesome. out of touch with people, and they're out of touch with just the the things that affect us the most. I mean, these are these are people who right now the Congress is on paid leave. We are paying their paid leave. We're paying their health insurance. We're paying their pension and their salary. And for all, all these people who can afford all that on their own. I mean, I know exactly. pension and all those kind of things, but they're not yeah. going to be hungry, you know? They're not going to be hungry. So no. are they on leave? And this might sound stupid, but, you know, they're on leave because obviously because of the virus and they don't want people to. So you wouldn't you say that they're out. That means that there's nothing going on because they're not getting together. There's on re- yeah, they're on recess right now Um, in the Constitution because it was so tough with they had to pass it there. You know, our Constitution is it's archaic. And so there's no in there, you know, like what with a pandemic, you can do a voice virtual vote like they don't have any of that in the Constitution. Uh, so yeah. it's very just it's old school. And so, you know, there was there was a Republican on Friday from Kentucky, Thomas Massey. He was a total a-hole. Um, but he basically forced all these congressmen back to the Hill to for a voice vote. So he jeopardized all oh, that's right. yes, I read health that. Mm. just for because he thought there was some, you know, some wheeling and dealing going on. Just ridiculous. I mean, these people, these Rep- <laughs> Republican do it, people. Do I it. Just, They're fucking Republicans. <laughs> fucking crazy. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, I, you know, what's funny is that I no had offense a, to our um, listeners who are Republicans that I used to work with. Um, she defriended me this week because I was spewing hate on her Facebook page. And by spewing hate, I was telling the truth mm-hmm. and I gave her actual facts. And she says that our president, I mean, I just want to tell people the facts and he lies. I think he lied 16,000 times since he's taken office, 16,000 times. Mm-hmm. And this is not a time to lie. I mean, we, people's lives are at risk because of just not telling the truth with yeah. this virus yeah, and downplaying it so and calling it a hoax. You and I that. were talking in, uh, just before we started um, about how Trump found out in January. So we all started hearing about this, you know, kind of, you know, little bits and pieces in January. And I have to say, I'm probably like a lot of other people. At first, I was like, oh, it's a it's an election year. This is bullshit. They're trying like I just feel like mm-hmm. they're always up to something like trying to hide something, trying to, you know, whatever it is and so I kind of like played it down and then you know I mean real quick it got serious but but like so if he found out in January do you think it would it would have been like that would have been the time to like start mass producing the tests and this would have like what is your thoughts on how this could have been dealt with from what you've been researching and looking at uh differently so we know he doesn't read his intelligent briefings he does not read them Never has, doesn't. They have to like draw pictures. And I'm not even kidding you. They have to draw pictures. So these, this was coming in January. At the end of January, they were, you know, reports out of Wuhan in China. I mean, this was like, I think the first case was um, New Year's Eve, I want to say, was when, you know, the first pneumonia, they were like seeing this crazy illness come out of China. And he called it a hoax. He called, he downplayed it. He was like, you know, he thought by just shutting down that border, by just shutting out traffic from China, it was going to be fine. And that was not fine at all. And, and we saw that in, in Washington with, you know, I think people were probably coming in far earlier than he shut down the border. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you pair that with, we don't have testing. We were so behind with developing a test. We, the, the WHO had offered us a test and the Trump administration said no. What? 
they they declined it. They wanted to make their own. So the CDC went and made their own test and it failed. It it was not, it it was not accurate. Mm. So we lost a good three to four weeks by just squandering this time and not using it to adequately (laughs) ramp up. I will also say he also disbanded um, the pandemic unit of the National Security Council in 2018. He dissolved that office. What? So we were ringing the bell far before he was in office saying another pandemic's going to come. Another pan, you know, another coronavirus is going to and sure enough, sure shit, it happened. And now he's trying to say that it was Obama that dispersed it. Uh, <laughs> it's like so much lies and so much, you know, just makes the shit up telling people makes it up yeah in real time well in the in the length of time it's taking so we have a friend who was exposed and he was told to go like away for like two days and then finally he got to go back in there and what day is it today today is sunday sunday so i want to say he got him he got his testing done at the beginning of of this week like so monday Mm -hmm. or something he still hasn't had his results back yet yeah that's very common (sighs) very common yeah. everywhere. And now, I mean, places like, you know, Maine, we have a, what I, I think we were up to 300 cases and that's just the people that they've tested. Mm-hmm. I have two people that I know that have it, who have not gone to the hospital, who have not been tested. They know they have it. They're here in Maine. What do they feel like? What is it that's going on with them that they are? So, um, so losing your scent and your smell, your um, taste and your smell is mm. a, is one of the common factors. Mm. Um, I had heard that in the people in the nursing home in Washington, they, it looked like they had eyeshadow, like red eyeshadow. Like that was one of the common wow. themes. Um, but it starts with just, you know, either like a um, sore throat um, and then, you know, some people are asymptomatic. They don't even have symptoms. Mm-hmm. That's what's, that is what is, is why we need to stay home. That's why we have to stay in place and not move around and not congregate and visit people. It's because we're trying to flatten that curve because if we don't, our healthcare systems are being overrun, which is what's happening in New York. Right. Yeah, yeah, like as as we speak, we've got like um, in uh, is it Queens is over already run, and they believe that the yes. Manhattan's already gonna, you know, there are like I think ten thousand people hospitalized right now in New York, with I think I just read seven hundred, almost eight hundred deaths. I mean, this is just it's. Oh, I, I it it, just, it breaks my heart because you know you see places like Singapore and South Korea where they just ramped up testing. They tested everybody, and oh, is that they how they yeah, just went around and just was like tested everyone? Wow, they have drive-through testing where you just oh. drive through. And now, I mean, the U.S. has some of that, like maybe one in a state, if that. But that's one of the things Trump lied about. He said, you know. Two or three weeks ago, he's like, we're going to have drive-through testing. The tests are perfect. They're beautiful. They're magical. None of that is true. Like, none of it's true. Just totally. And his approval rating, Dawn, is is 60% handling of this. 60%. Because he's, you know, and yet, yet, what is it? Yesterday, he's like, my ratings are better than The Bachelor. Like, what? His ratings. His ratings. That's what he... Doesn't talk about the 2,000 people who've passed. He talks about his ratings. Well, I know that there's, you know, a lot of people pissed off because they're getting little flyers in the mail that's like, oh, the Trump administration suggests this, this, and this. They're like little uh, postcards. And it's Mm -hmm. talking, and really essentially what that is, is like free propaganda. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Total propaganda using just this platform to try and you know and that's the thing he what he needs a, a good economy that's what is he has to have a good economy in order to win in november and it's really hard when you have a 20 when you could have a 20 percent employment rate and you could have a stock market you know down ten thousand points in november that's what that's why he wants everybody back to work that's why he just wants everybody, the economy open, back to work because that's what he can run on in November. 
Now, do do you know like what the so from like past um, pandemics? Uh, I I had someone here. It was um, like the top ten last pandemics, which you know it they they run from. Uh, I guess the last one that that I have here is from 1968. There was a flu pandemic um, that um, killed one million people, and you know they range anything from like two million. That was like in the 50s. Those are you know flu pandemics. Uh, there was a couple of cholera, uh, cholera. Cholera. Yeah, thank you, cholera. It was like 800. Uh, thousand and again flu pandemic whatnot and so like the big ones like then it goes back to like the 1300s where you've had the black death and that was like 75 to 200 million people are they like um are they doing any like estimates of what they think potentially this is going to be worldwide like when this goes down in the history books and adds to this list of so they're comparing it to the 1918 flu. That's okay. the one. The 1918 Spanish flu is 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 the is the closest to on record that we can maybe relate this to, and that killed I think like a million people, maybe well, more than that worldwide. So the, the 1918 flu pandemic uh, was 20 to 50 million people. Okay, there we go. Maybe yes. it was just in the U.S. was was sure. was um in the U.S. was and and I think they. Um, basically there was during that time, there was a large political rally and it was in, I think like St. Louis and in San Francisco, maybe there were two cities and one of the cities was like, nope, we're going to cancel everything. We're going to flat, you know, basically flatten this curve. Mm -hmm. And the other city was like, we're going to plow through. We're going to have this rally. We're going to have this. It was basically a political rally raising money. All of those people, it was basically, it was like wildfire, wildfire. It spread. Whereas the other city completely flat, like the, the curve was flattened. So that's the one I think major epidemic or pandemic that, that, that they can relate to is, was that 1918 flu. Mm. And this one, um, Dr. Fauci today was just talking about how, I mean, we could have. And Dr. Fauci is just, Anthony just Fauci. people, not me. He's, <laughs> sorry. So Anthony, uh, Tony, <laughs> Tony is like, we like to call him right? you know, at my house. Um, he is the head of infectious disease control okay. at the CDC. Sure. Um, he's been in that role for 30 years. He got the medal of honor for the, for AIDS back in Reagan's, you know, he's basically, yeah. he's, a, he's a genius uh-huh. and he's one person that Trump has not pushed out of the way yet. <laughs> so, but he's 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 really he's 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 brilliant. And so um, he was said today that we could potentially see you know uh, one hundred to two hundred thousand deaths of COVID nineteen. Mm. Yeah, and that is just I don't mean to scare people, but that's just the you know well, kind of the worst case here. Yeah, yeah the worst case scenario. What they're thinking, like that's. Yeah. And, you know, you have places like I just saw today, Florida, that there's still people on the beaches. There's still spring breakers traveling there and flocking there. Yes. What? Yes. There's a beach that you can tell one of the beaches closed and then like five feet down, that beach is open and everybody's congregating because they're just, they're not getting, you know, they're not getting their facts from... But this the is the thing is the should. freaking business owners. How are they allowing this to happen? Or, yeah. you know, whoever, I mean, it's just, it's, it's so like, are they not, I mean, at this point, at this point, like I could even maybe see two weeks ago when we still didn't really, you know, there was still a lot of speculation and, and whatnot, but yeah. like now it's like, hello, proof is in the pudding here, people. Like it's not about, you know, let's have a good time it's, regardless. And maybe it's, it's not a something. really it's such a stark difference because, you know, you have people, you have governors, you know, like in Massachusetts who uh, have shelter in place, California shelter in place, you know, you have, and then you have places like Mississippi who has, that governor has overrided the local governor, the local mayors who are trying to put in, you know, uh, their safe measures. That governor overrided all of them and said, "You know what? We're open for business." Why? So you just have you have a lot of people who I think don't believe in science, who who really mm. believe that the as Trump said last week, let's not have the cure be worse than the disease. Basically, like our economy is what we have to worry about, not people dying. 
I mean, that's honestly what I think, you know, I don't mean to be heartless, but that, that, that's basically the Republican message is, is that is, you know, our economy is, is number one and we need to get, you know, people want to get back to work. Yeah. People want to go back to work when it's safe and when, you know, they're, they can, I can't see my, my in-laws, my in-laws live, you know, five minutes from me Mm -hmm. and we have not seen them for two weeks. Mm -hmm. We're trying to stay in to help those people not. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, both my parents are in their seventies and they're having to stay put. And I think about my, Mm -hmm. you know, Grammy, Jason's Grammy and and whatnot. And it's just, or just even the little ones, they had the first uh, infant die in Chicago or I believe. Yeah. Illinois. Uh, It's just, you know, so just locking it down and, you know, it's tough for me right now. So, so my oldest is not living at home. He moved out about a week beforehand. Um, and so he is with a friend's house now at a friend's now. And so, you know, obviously I'm talking to him every day and, you know, I'm helping him out with, um, you know, food and whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so he popped by today cause I had to give him a book and, and, it was like, you know, Cassidy was so confused. Like she, we, we use straight terminology. And I think that that's an yeah. important thing to do with your kids For is sure. to really, you know, be like, speak to them like, exactly like normal people <laughs> and, and don't, like, don't call yes. it a bug. Make sure that you yeah. call it a virus oh, yeah. because then that, you know, d- 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 erupts into a whole scared of bug things and all of that. But like, so for her little brain, like this morning, she had a play date with her best friend on the phone. And they played Barbies yeah. and then they were, they, yeah. she went upstairs and then they were in bed and they were talking and like that sort of thing. And then just a little bit later, her big brother came and she couldn't hug him. And, oh. you know, and, and so, and we all stood back and like at the very end there, both him and I caved cause we were just like, he's like, I need my mommy. And I'm like, I need my baby, yeah. <laughs> you know, like for that quick hug, but like how weird it was to give my son a hug. Like what? Yes is going on you know and but he's with a different family in different circumstances right now and it's what's best for all of us like it's a good thing you know i mean it's 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 you know tough timing and with all that but as far as us is concerned you know he's 70 and a half and he's you know learning to live on his own and yada yada and and whatnot and um and and so it's best for both of us but it's just it's you know, or, or Daphne's just missing her dad because she can't see, yeah. you know, she lives with us and with me and Jason and she can't see her dad right now. And she's just heartbroken over it. And I'm like, I, you know, it's the little things like that. That's just, totally. you know, it's really hard to sort of move. I know with my, my son's 13th birthday is next Sunday and we had Red Sox, White Sox tickets at Fenway. <gasps> and it's just like stuff. It's so, it's so small and stupid, but it's like things like that. You're like, wow, mm. I took for granted so much of my life before like I'm never gonna not go out to dinner now with friends when asked like for now on I'm always right (laughs) you you, you take for granted those that stuff take for granted like yeah concerts and (laughs) real live music right (laughs) in a room with people (laughs) right I know I know the memes that are coming out are pretty freaking hilarious I will say that some of the things that people have been spitting out but so uh so to sort of wrap up this conversation and kind of moving into the into the good of all this we kind of like a two two part sort of uh two-year anniversary episode here because um, some of the beautiful things that have been happening and especially in our community is that Tom Marshall and uh, Scott Herman um, have been spitting out lyrics and Trey is just gobbling them up and over this past week so March 18th, 19th 21st, 22nd, 23rd 27th and the 29th a brand new song was released and <laughs> what like like uh what you doing there so billy joel much time right. on our hands. exactly <laughs> what's your band doing uh not that <laughs> you know quarantine sure let's write some music right exactly so <laughs> i am thrilled because we're gonna have tom being called calling in and to talk about uh this the the silver lining piece of this and then it'll be tying into our next episode where we have uh jilly ryan calling in who has created a really beautiful new um facebook community um called silver silver lining alert so because there is a lot of beauty and a lot of amazing things that are that are coming out of this so um so yeah so we are going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with tom marshall (laughs) 
All right, we are back, and Lauren and I have been uh, discussing this uh, political shit show of a pandemic going on here. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the piece that we are going to be bringing in here, we've got uh, to sort of, you know, go into in the middle here and towards the end is just what's happening with the silver lining of all of this madness. And so um, we have a very special guest. We have Tom Marshall on with us. Hey, Tom. Hi, Don. I can't say I'm sorry that I missed the uh, the pandemic discussion. It's like, you know, any any time I turn on the TV or anything, that's what it is. So it's like trying to escape the pandemic. And I thought I would call my friend Don and escape the pandemic. And uh, here I hear that it's a pandemic episode. <laughs> well, I was thrilled. With, you know, I'm just sitting there in my kitchen. And then I got that you send me your your um, the amphibian brie. Yeah, the new Skip the goodbyes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and yeah, so I was like, well, hey, fuck it. You want to join us? Like, yep. Fantastic. Yeah. You guys are Definitely. Well, I... out this week. Yeah, he, cleared well, your, he cleared his calendar for this. Cleared it. There's lots <laughs> of stuff I, going on. I cleared my calendar. There's so much going on. <laughs> but we decided basically, actually, you know, everyone, everyone called me and texted me and said that Osiris should be doing really great because everyone's at home and everyone will be podcasting. But it turns out podcasting fits into people's uh, routine in a different way. Like a lot of pod people that listen to podcasters are, are embedded into their like commute. Mm, and so mm -hmm. no one's commuting. And so that we're, we may have lost that portion of our listenership, but uh, I'm just making the best of it and having fun. I'm collaborating with a lot of people, making a lot of music with Trey. I think Trey and I are up to eight songs now during this pandemic. Wow. And that would be including and, the last amphibian one that you did that you just sent well, me today? I'm not, I'm not counting that. I'm, I might be counting one that's not out yet. Oh, exciting. Yeah, that Trey's going to release. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, that's right. I think seven have have come out i think it was lotus and then the most recent one he came out with was never left home right yeah i've got a timeline here so on march 8th with i went when i actually wrote down the dates of these i mean this is it really is amazing to me but so march 18th uh lost in the pack and then march 19th um was when the world uh when the words go away march 21st yep. is timeless that's the whistling one um, March yeah. 22nd is I Never Needed You Like This Before. March 23rd. This was kind of the first rock. That was the first rock one. That was the first one. Yep, yep, exactly, exactly. Um, and that was the one that he taped uh, his his cell phone to the back of the door, right? Right. <laughs> yep, to record it, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, March 23rd, The Greater Good, and then the 27th, Lotus, and then the 29th, we have I Never Left Home. Um, yeah. that was released. Um, so I guess if we just want to ask you real quick, so how are things going for you? How has, uh, life changed for you? Um, and where are you guys hunkering down? Oh man. So right in the center of New Jersey, right in the, in the center of gravity of New Jersey, Princeton, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, we have my two kids under the same roof and, and my wife and I, so it's kind of fun. We're all together. Uh, my, my son's working remotely, a uh, New York city job, and my daughter is going to school remotely at Rutgers. So their life is continuing and mine is trying to, and, uh, for whatever reason, Trey and I just sort of amped up the, the song writing and collaboration machine to an extreme level, which I haven't seen since we were, you know, like 18 or 19 or something. Yeah. <laughs> phenomenal you know at 55 and 56 that we're we're uh we're killing it again which is great mm -hmm. um now like how has like yeah. what were you gonna say <laughs> the quarantine does a lot for people yeah. with the creative juices I, I agree i think there's like some something to be said for everyone pressing pause on their life mm -hmm. and uh you know doing stuff that they wanted to do or had put on hold for a little while like, what would you do if you just got to sit in a room and do nothing? I think a lot of people would like catch up on their, their, you know, their reading, like their book list or whatever. Mm -hmm. They would start reading or whatever. 
but but for Trey, it's oh well, I would write more music. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. His commodity, his commodity that he doesn't have enough of is time, and so mm. suddenly he's faced with time, and what happens? Uh, we get a song a day or more. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know and it's funny, like for me, like, you know, I started my new business and I would say maybe about a week before just everything went bonkers. I was like, I was so behind on everything. I'm like, I just need literally what I said. I just need the world to stop for five days so I can catch up with it. And, you know, careful, Be what, careful what you wish for, Dawn. Exactly. Huh? Be careful fault. what <laughs> you wish for. Seriously, man. I know. It's <laughs> nuts. Like, I can't. All right. Okay, then. I, you know, thank you, universe. <laughs> yes, thank you. Yeah. So, um, so how has this particular writing sequence gone for you guys? And because um, I know, you know, a lot of your how you've done things in the past was that, uh, you know, you'd write lyrics and you'd send them over to him and he'd write the music and you'd send it back and that sort of thing. But this has just come on really fast. When did you first start? Um, so if the first song was released on the 18th, when did you and Trey get back together? And how, do, how have you guys been doing this particular one? Because Scott's been writing them with you too as well. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's all kinds of ways that, that we write music together. And the best one is when we're all together, like in the same place. And that that I call like a songwriting session where Trey and I are together. Um, and normally I come prepared with tons of lyrics and stuff like that. Uh, this is a little different. Um, I think some of the ideas uh, that I had were, were sketches ahead of time. And Trey and I, you know, there's various methods of, of working online these days. And, you know, Trey, Trey's sort of late to the party to the internet and so i admire the fact that he's able to work this way but uh i mean uh, 2009 when or 2008 when i sent him the lyrics to backwards down the number line mm-hmm. that i think was the first email that i ever sent to him because he didn't even have an email address <laughs> <laughs> i got it from his dad so so since 2008 he's been like on an upwards learning ramp uh, as far as the internet goes so there's there's tools that allow you to collaborate and really create music online. The most advanced that I know of is my friend Steve Martocci is the CEO of a company called Splice. Mm-hmm. And that you can literally, you have a digital audio workstation that's like basically attached to your friend's digital audio workstation. So you guys could really work in real time on the same multi-track piece of music. Mm-hmm. Trey and I aren't doing that. Uh-huh. I'm doing stuff like, I'll send him lyrics and, and he'll, he'll sort of bat him back. Like here, you know, these are great. And, and these are, by the way, lyrics that I've worked on with my friend, Scott Herman. So mm-hmm. Scott and I will first, we'll, we'll email back and forth, send, send lyrics back and forth. And then when they're good enough, we'll send them to Trey. And then Trey will say, hmm, what if he changed this? What if he changed this? And then before I know it, there's, a, there's another song. And so we've kind of been working in that, that method. However, there's other things you can do, like, you hear my voice on some of those. You can, um, and the way that we did Skip the Goodbyes, you were just talking about our Skip the Goodbyes, uh, which is an old amphibian the song amphibian that we song. redid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Anthony, my Anthony Kryzon, who's the uh, guitarist for Amphibian, which hasn't really pr- played a, a show or a concert since I think 2007. Um, but uh, we wrote this song, Skip the Goodbyes, 15 years ago. And uh, so he recorded a new version where he was playing the drums, acoustic guitar, and um, bass in his studio. And then he sent those files to me on Dropbox. And then I sang along to it and and recorded my voice and then put that back in Dropbox. And then he uh, sent it off to his friend, John Ginty, who plays for uh, the Dickie Betts, uh, the Allman Brothers guys. Mm -hmm. He's a great keyboard player. So we were lucky to get John Ginty to play keyboards and then so he he did the same thing and sent those files back so anthony sort of compiled all the files and created this great great track of and then we all made sure that we videoed ourselves recording them yeah we had to get our 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 good friend jay to compile all the recordings so there's lots of ways people are collaborating online and creating music and it's fantastic Mm -hmm. um now scott was the what did he also write what's it the um Oh goodness, the frog! I'm gonna screw it up. Frog. Scott Prince. Herman is 
yeah. Sca- prince. Oh, uh, a salamander yes, prince. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Okay, cool. The, 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 <laughs> Mike Frog. Memory, yes. I could, I, yeah, I could sense you were, you were searching your, your library in your head yeah. of amphibians. Yeah, <laughs> You're yeah. like, uh, Frog, Liz, something mute. like <laughs> There's a king involved. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> was it tortoise king no salamander prince yes. um so uh yeah uh yes scott herman's been my been my pal for 25 years and we've been emailing uh maybe 30 years been emailing uh strange lyrics back and forth and so there's surges of of creativity where he and i are really in communication and then there's almost like years where we are, you know, we're pals, we see each other, we hang out, he lives pretty close to me, but we're not that creative lyrically. But over the, over the several years that I've known him, we've compiled three books now of, and I, and I call these the helping, the actual helping friendly books of mm, fish, and they mm-hmm, truly are. Because mm-hmm. um, the Salamander Prince was the one from a very first uh, uh, compilation of all these emails that we, that we did that and, was like uh, during the looking for owls time right at that job it, it was and it, it that we handed that to trey and trey basically story of the ghost and billy breathes and farmhouse came out of a lot of those songs came out of that book directly out of that book mm-hmm. and then the next one scott and i put together was called walls of the cave and everything from undermine and round room came out of that and then uh, our new one is um, called Sigma Oasis and uh, Sigma Oasis, which is uh, potentially, uh, is that the newest fish song? I'm not sure if that's the newest fish song, but a bunch of stuff and a bunch of this stuff that you're hearing now uh, was started with uh, stuff from Sigma Oasis. And when was Sigma, Sigma Oasis, when did that, when did you first start penning that, this third book? Uh, you're a detective. I can tell you're like an investigative <laughs> journalist because, uh, in truth, it's, it picks up where, where Walls of the Cave ended, which was like 2004. So there are yeah. some poems in Sigma Oasis that might have a 2005 date on them. However, uh, in, in reality, anything that you're hearing now coming out of, uh, out of Trey, out of Trey's living room, it was, is very, very, very recent, very current. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when you have been getting, you know, inspiration for these songs, like I know sometimes you've like woken up from dreams and written them down or this and that, are they just like, you just wake up and these, like these words are just falling out of your brain and onto paper? Like how (laughs) real investigative, uh, you know, journalistic, uh, wording here, you know? (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think I've, I've spoken about it on Under the Scales, but I have sort of a uh, kind of a whatever relationship with my muse. I mean, there's some uh, writers having writer's block and, and they have to go through a certain uh, technique and a routine every morning uh, before they sit down and actually start to write. And I sort of was worried that, you know, I'm not doing that right. I'm not actually, I don't have a process. Mm. And after 30, 40 years of writing songs, I realized that not having a process is my process Mm -hmm. because I actually just don't, I kind of don't think about it. I don't really, except if like Trey is right in front of me saying, hey, let's write a song about X. Yeah. I rarely feel pressure to to sit down and write. It's, It's really what, falls out of my head when I happen to be, like you said, like I'll wake up in the middle of the night and suddenly there'll be, there'll be like a, the beginnings of a song there. And now because of technology, I, I can put it into a phone and fall back asleep and not really even know until the next morning that I, that I even wrote it. Whereas, <laughs> you know, in the old days, I'd have to like get up, careful not to wake my, my you know, my sleeping partner, um, <laughs> like go hide and turn on a light and some a diff- distant room and by then like I'll have forgotten half of half of the inspiration that came to me in a dream for example uh, yeah. um, whereas now I just pick up pick up my phone type it in and boom yeah so that's just yeah do you still so have sort of like, 
what happens. Yes. How do you think this is going to change the future of songwriting? You know, all quarant- artists being quarantined. How do you think this is going to change how artists write moving forward? Well, what I really hope is that there's some smart technologists looking at what's needed. And I think, I think what's needed is a way of collaborating remotely a little bit better than we have right now. So, like FaceTime and, or Zoom. Yeah. And, and by that, I mean, yes. So yeah, FaceTime Live and in, Instagram Live and, and you know, there used to be uh, Periscope or whatever on Twitter. Um, it's all good stuff, but that's like really good for one camera. How, how about someone figure out a cool way of reducing the latency when there's multiple people um, you know, contributing to the same feed? I don't know what the answer mm. is. I think there's, there's inherent problems with, with bandwidth and you know, the speed of the inherent speed of the internet and and stuff like that but i think there should be a cool way where you could literally have a, a person in in you know i don't know england and a person in new jersey and a person in australia all kind of collaborating at the same time the the problem is you're all out of sync right mm-hmm. there's like different distances and stuff involved and i think there's I think there has to be a way of solving that. I don't know what it is. But that, I think realizing being locked up and, and this burst of creativity that we see, all these people desiring to get together and put out music, I think to me is like almost like a new renaissance is starting. And I, I, mm. I hope this, this burst of creativity carries through. Absolutely. That's yeah. how I hope it changes. Yeah. Um, so, so I know that um, I know that there's a couple songs you wanted to sort of, you know, the, the I never needed you like this before. So I have the lyrics down here in front of me. And what does that song in particular mean to you? You want to talk about the lyrics piece? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, when you had asked me, like, what were my favorites? Yeah. And those I, I just... I happened to focus in on I Never Needed You Like This Before and then Trey's most recent one, uh, Never Left Home. Mm-hmm. And the reason I, I, I kind of felt, it made me feel like when I heard Never Left Home and it, it made me feel like the others were like a warm up, like, you know, that was, the, that was like the grand slam. The others were like putting, putting men on the bases, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but that was the one that drove everyone, everyone home. Uh, those two are the most rocking of them and the most to me easy to, to switch over and, and all of a sudden almost 100% become fish songs, which, mm-hmm. which, uh, or here's another weird thing that I, I talk about on under the scales where my, my songs, my poems have three sort of, um, births, so to speak, to become a song. Mm-hmm. One is I have to write it down and make it a poem that I like. That's like, now, now it's born. This this concept is born. The second is it becomes a song, and that's usually with Trey. Um, but then the third is it becomes a fish song. Fish song. And these, yeah, these two. I never needed you like this before, and never left home. I feel are one hundred percent going to make that that third uh, stage into fish songdom because a they rock, and b they uh, especially never left home. It has this incredible. Uh, feel to it and if if uh, you want to cut that song in right now that would be really cool into your podcast okay yeah i'll definitely uh we'll definitely make sure that that gets in there um <laughs> well and and so what i noticed is that because then we had the, you know lotus which uh someone was relating to sort of as like the next mercury in a way um so i definitely agree with you as far as you know i find it's interesting because you know i mean we've got seven new songs here and whatever else you guys end up releasing and spitting out you know by the it it's going to be the same thing the next time shows uh you know when they when they're back on stage they're gonna crank into one of these and everybody's already going to know all the lyrics and be super excited. And it's amazing to me how this community really embraces new music, which I feel like is a lot different from a lot of other musical communities, you know, but I mean, I was blown away about how, um, how quickly like uh, say to me Santos and, you know, those songs um, and even the ghost of the forest, how quickly those songs 
just abrupted joy amongst um, this past summer, you know, when they were all just these brand new songs, which is just not your typical way of uh, most most shows. Everybody wants to go and listen to the old stuff, you know? I, I love that you're saying that. And I think it's one of the unique aspects of Fish. I think, you know, 30 years later, what band are you interested in their new music apart yeah. from Fish? Like, you're right, the Cosmo Vox stuff and some of the Ghosts of the Forest stuff uh, is already in the repertoire. And, and when it's played, people, you know, people actually like it and, and accept it. Whereas if you were to go to, um, for example, I went with my wife to a Fleetwood Mac concert. Mm -hmm. We weren't there to see what they had made, you know, what songs they had written in the past year or two. In fact, that was the pee break song. Whereas, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, everyone wants to, like if you go to the Rolling Stones, are you interested in, in hearing what, what Mick Jagger wrote like within the last year? No, I don't think so. No, same Elton no. John, no. any of them, you know? <laughs> right, Elton John. I mean, in fact, I'll, I'll pose it this way. Who's written of the, uh, of, the, of the bands that have been around this long, who's written a good song in, in the, you know, and I'm uh, patting myself on the back with the word good, mm -hmm. but who's even written a song worthy of listening to that's embraced by their fan base? uh you know since their their first four albums or whatever mm -hmm. uh you know it, this is me and this is me with fish blinders talking uh and this is the fish lyricist talking <laughs> <laughs> um but but i i really do uh think that that you tapped into something a little bit there with that question because yes you're right these two songs are going to be embraced by the fan base and they're going to all be like oh yeah that's from trey's quarantine album yeah right <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> the whole beanie. Yeah, I'm, 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 and i'm very excited for that that dream to come true and i also i also think they're about to and i don't i hope i'm not giving anything away i think give it away they've here. been in the studio <laughs> the, yes you heard it here first on yes. female centrics <laughs> exactly. by osiris uh, <laughs> <laughs> is uh, their, their new album that, that's been rumored that they've been in the studio for a long time. Uh, we're, we're probably going to get a taste of that uh, ASAP. Yeah. Oh, we need yeah. something to look forward to here in these long days. Yes, exactly. These yeah. long days. <laughs> but you've been productive, right? You guys have all been productive and doing amazing things. Dawn said she was. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, like I said, I've, I've, uh, I had one pretty sad day a few days ago it just I got up and I just could it, like I have my three-year-old so I have to get up and you know play mommy is happy and everything right exactly exactly but like I just had that depressed feeling that I could not get out of and I normally I don't like to like air my dirty laundry on like social media I'm not one to be like mm, this sucks wah, wah, wah. you know I try to just go with the positive stuff but I ended up like it, was, it felt really vulnerable, but I ended up posting something and it's just like, you know, like all this is going on, but like today I'm just sad. And the outpouring of support and just kind words and all of that, I mean, it was by that afternoon, I felt so much better. And it, so it was really good to sort of put myself out there like that. But for the most part, what I am just loving about this is, so I've got my three kids. My oldest is not home right now. He's uh, quarantined with um, a friend's family. And then, but my 15-year-old who is just lost in girly teenage land like she's had to stay home and so we put out a vogue video yesterday got all dressed up we've been like <laughs> she's like hanging out and telling me shit and i'm like all right like, it's so and i just feel like there's a whole generation of kids right now that would not have been gifted this super super special time and and yeah exactly exactly like Families are connecting yeah. and people are outside and it's the children are outside, like learning yep. how to rollerblade and like all of that, you know? Yep. It's amazing. It's like suddenly you're kind of like given this, this opportunity and, and, and it, you know, there was a worry that people would take it not as an opportunity, but like you said, I think people are, people are exercising, they're getting healthy, they're, they're being creative, they're, they're catching up on stuff. Their houses are immaculately clean. Uh, I wish I could say that. Songs, yeah, writing <laughs> songs that I wouldn't have written. You know what I mean? Like this is it's 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 cool. It's great. I I hope it's not the calm before the storm. And I'm sure your 
pandemic discussion discussed it more than I want to, but mm-hmm. no, I'm, I'm, I'm very worried about what's, what's to come. I'm very worried mm-hmm. that we, you know, we didn't test enough and, and we got a big surprise about to slap us in the face. I mm-hmm. hope that's not the case. I, I hope the warm weather might be able to tamp this down in, in, in some way that's been predicted. However, it- it did say really something. With yeah, it did say something about yep. that, though. I believe that it doesn't like warm weather. No, it likes. Warm. It, it does. does. Yeah, it doesn't like. Warm. It does not. It doesn't like. No, no, it does not. So. Right. Although, how warm? I mean, isn't the body ninety eight point six? So it, it doesn't like warmer than that. I don't get it. I don't know. Oh Whatever. God! I didn't even think about yeah. that. Yeah. Want want. Sorry, did I just rain on your parade? It doesn't like when it's 110 out. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. Everybody in Arizona's fine. That doesn't really help us in Maine. <laughs> Death Valley is having a big party right now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I found what I really like. So with the song Lotus and, and the last song, I never left home. Both of them I found had really interesting as far as the music was concerned, really interesting sort of spacey, like if etherical is the right words I'm looking for, but they both kind of had like a new, a new sound, uh, sort of placed in there that were like, yeah, I guess a spacey is the best one, which I guess would make really good sense with Lotus. Um, but is that like a new effect that Trey's playing with, or is it just what he felt should go or, or do you even know what I'm talking about when I say that? I do. Well, I, uh, well, I'll definitely draw a, a line between the two of those songs because so, so never left home has him uh, with a whole lot of echo and his guitar turned up loud, which is, you know, what he's used to on stage. And he's got echo on the guitar, echo on his voice. And it, it does create that ethereal aspect that you're talking about. And it's sort of like a repetitive uh, thing that he just builds higher and higher. He starts every phrase as like, oh, impressed by composure you've shown for a week. Mm-hmm. Oh, I seem to recall that you got it from me. And then after the first verse, now there's two people going, oh. So he's got that other voice built in there. Yes. Drown with delight, I escape in the night. And then by the third voice, uh, you know, by the third uh, verse, there's three voices in there. So he builds it up and it's like, it just becomes this crescendo. And then by the time it ends, uh, he pulls sort of one line from each of those three verses and repeats them in the fishy fashion, you know, like a uh, wooden twist around that he does. Um, and then does a solo on top of it. So to me, that's like, it's kind of the quintessential fish song. He's reinventing the the twist formula, which to me is like one of their one. Of, it's really one of my favorite songs of all time by far, mm. uh, fish songs. But but Lotus now um, to me slightly different here. Yeah. This one is it's like almost a full song, an entirely different song and style begins. It's kind of like there's a there's verses verses chorus verse, verse, chorus, and then suddenly something happens. And it's like, what, what is going on here? And it's just like what we uh, love from Trey. And it's like, you know, it's the Gaiuti. It's I'm the just gonna say myself. That. It's the <laughs> literally yeah, just going to say you that. Were. Of course you were, Dawn. <laughs> you know me, Gaiuti. <laughs> well, you, Dawn, you're the Gaiuti girl. I am, You've I am. Been the girl. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, it, and, and it is, it's multi-part you know trey writing multi-part songs again and yes in that classical way that could not way Mm -hmm. exactly there's there's you know to me you know definitely when you hear i don't know if it's if it's you enjoy myself or divided sky or or david bowie some of those there's no question there's a nod to some classical music in there Mm -hmm. but this one to me had a nod to to Broadway, some mm. of the ways that he phrased the Lotus story. So, so this guy is like normal person, sort of like setting up the narrative, and then suddenly he's on a different planet. Like a spaceship takes him away to a different planet. Mm-hmm. And now he's being tried by a council of transparent glass people, and uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> was this a dream? How the fuck did you come up wow. with this? Seriously, seriously, where did this Which come from? Which Netflix episode were you watching? Which Netflix show would you recommend right. that we turn on? Exotic Joe. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
I also recommend psychedelics in this difficult trying time. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Psilocybin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> that might answer so, the question. <laughs> that, that was the right answer. And, okay. and, and so during, during this period in the, in the song, he is 100% bringing this voice that I haven't heard that much in his writing um, out, which is like this very melodic kind of thing that I've sort of felt was more Broadway than, than classical. And then thanks, you know, because he's, he's Trey and grew up on Led Zeppelin, suddenly there's a, a Zeppelin part kind of in it. You know, it, it hits you out of the blue. So I love Lotus. I think it's going to be like Mercury. Mm -hmm. It's going to, it's going to have its ups and downs in the, in the fish cannon. And all of a sudden it's going to take hold big time. Yep. Yep. Cause I, that's, I feel that that's exactly what happened with Mercury too. Like for some reason I just was kind of foo-fooing off Mercury for the first, I don't know, I don't know, maybe yeah. whatever. And then all of a sudden it just popped. And I feel like it ha that pretty much happened for most of the community too, you know, and leading up yeah. to the new year's run. You know, where it really, of course, that. I think a lot of people. Yep, it's it, it's such a big bite to to take. It's a it's a lot to chew, and and at first, you know, there's a lot hitting you at once in a song like that. And I think people have to sort of become familiar with it, get get used to the changes. And uh, this song is very much the same. This song you'll probably have to listen to five times before you kind of at least understand or, or can anticipate what's coming next, it, you know, and that, that helps as a, you know, rather than being surprised. Yes. Now you start to know it and then you start to get a feel for it. And it'll take a little while with this one. I feel like you could turn it into like a children's book or something, an illustrated children's story. I, this one, this one could, right? this one I think could. That's what people said about steam. Everyone, everyone yes. said to me, so what happens next? And I was like, what do you mean? What do you mean? There's no next. <laughs> And then now there's a next yeah. steam thread epitaph. <laughs> two next. Or maybe it's lotus. Uh, I don't know. Come up with two other flower varieties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's what, like I texted you somewhere recently about for whatever the reasons uh, the words, the lyrics to thread really just hit me. What a freaking stunning, stunning song it is. Just it's so beautiful. It's the story behind it is gorgeous. And and again, I feel like that's another one that could be illustrated. Um, yeah. You can you can really imagine and feel the you know um, feel the lyrics to it. I just love Thanks. that one. There's way ahead of you on that on the illustrating part. Uh, oh, you know, without giving anything away, there's oh. uh, there's 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 thinking along those lines that are happening. I'll put you put it that way. Yay! Do you <laughs> do you draw too? N no, but no. I have some friends that do. You gotta get Bella oh. in on. Gotta get Bella in on one of the. the Bella, Bella is a oh. strange. Oh. I love her weird, weird sort of. Uh, oh, what were we putting it towards? It's kind of like the whoever did the um, Fear and Loathing, like the that kind of drawings. It's like really oh, yeah. dark and like funky monsters oh, and what's stuff. What's his name? Yeah, R Ralph St Ralph Steadman. Yes, 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 definitely. Yeah, he's the he. Yeah, he's the uh, the illustrator, I think, for for a lot of the uh, Hunter Thompson books. Yeah. So I just want to round back real quick. So with the Never Left Home, you talked about like when he came back and he chose three of the lines to repeat. Do you know off that? I have your lyrics in front of me, but I'm not like. Do you know which ones are the three lyrics? He oh yeah, it's kind of, and I why think like, those in particular? Um. Well, I think, you know, like never left home keeps going back and forth. And then I was never, never was there or something like that. And none of it mattered. You know what I mean? Like mm. things that, things that people could, people that, you know, like Fishman will get one line and Mike will get one line and Paige will get one line. It's like, I never was there, do. I always shall roam, do. I never, never left home. You know what I mean? Interspersed sure. with each other, interwoven on top of a, you know, with an incredible solo on top of it. That's like... You know that's his style. That's that. That's one of his one of his techniques. Get mm. the get the circle. Get the circle going around and around and around. Yeah, and yeah, build yeah. on top of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, what? How do you think? <clears throat> sorry. How do you think this is going to? Uh, like, what's your thoughts on if this is going to end up affecting 
summer tour? Like, what do you, do you have one way or another of a, of a guess on that? Lauren, I'm going to ask you about that too, what you guys think of, because I feel like this is the first summer in a long time that coincidentally they're not starting until well after. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Normally like they, you know, things are up and going, you know, keep, you know, don't plan weddings, don't plan anything, (laughs) you know, like end of June, Mm -hmm. beginning of July. But now, I mean, this is going through, you know, I've got a birthday show in, in, uh, for the Hershey's, uh, August 11th. So I'm hoping that that's going to happen. So I'm wondering, uh, what your thoughts are on this is going to be. I'll go first. Yeah. I'll go first if that's okay. Lauren, please, please. Uh, I'll, I'll just say, and, and I want to leave you you guys back to, uh, I've interrupted your podcast for a long time now, um, <laughs> but, uh, I, <laughs> uh, and I've enjoyed it Im- immensely, by the way. Thank you, Dawn. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say I'm an optimist and, and I feel like there will be some sort of summer warm weather mitigation of this virus. And I hope that we can get together safely and have some of these shows. That mm-hmm. said, I also don't see the direction of these graphs uh, topping out. I don't see anything turning around. I don't see uh, the rates improving. They're getting worse. So if you were to sketch out those graphs uh, and, and, and say, you know, when's this possibly going to end, it doesn't look to me like summer will be uh, soon enough. I hate to say it. And I'm, an, I'm a total optimist. It seems like it's just going to get worse and worse and worse, and and I honestly don't don't feel like we're possibly going to get out of this, get out from under this that soon. But I would love it to happen, and especially if we have that warm warm weather mitigation. How about you, Lauren? I'm I'm with you, Tom. Um, I think with the problem is they go back to the H1N one year where you know it, it was it it hit us hard and then we got through the summer and then it came back in the fall. So I think the worry mm. is is that they don't know the course of this, um, and so they don't know if it's going to come back even harder in the fall. My hope is that you know dicks would happen. Like hey, maybe they could find some way. You know, it's in Colorado. It's in September, maybe. But I feel like most of the Live Nation shows have canceled a lot of their events through what September or August so I just can't I I don't see it being a safety you know considering all you know baseball games and and all the the sports have have announced you know nothing going on through I just don't see it um safely being able to have concerts with 25,000 plus people together Mm. well I'm with you mm. and uh, I um, I have to actually take off, you guys, if that's cool. Yeah, of course. So to good to talk to you, Tom. Yeah, definitely. It's been really, really nice talking to you guys. Yeah, well, I hope that, uh, yeah, uh, if anything could get salvaged from the summer shows, that would be amazing. I mean, maybe they're all, I would love personally myself. Uh, I'm still looking forward to the Atlantic City beach yeah. shows. Yes. I feel oh, they're outdoors, that would be awesome. Yeah, people can 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 distance themselves on the beach i For hope sure. i don't know <laughs> let, let, let's let's cross our fingers and thanks for asking me about those songs don i i love what trey and i have been up to i love what uh you know scott uh, I, I love uh, so much music online my friend anthony is kicking butt he just had a virtual concert online and he had a tip jar and he made he made as much as he makes on a normal night when he's out playing but playing online. So it's oh, fantastic. Wow. It's there's some awesome. really, really cool things happening. So yeah, yeah. I will, uh, I will leave it there on a positive note. And thank you so much, Female Centrics, for having me on. Awesome. Keep on creating. Yeah, Tom, you're making <laughs> us all happy. Thank all right. you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. All right. <laughs>